Oh, hey there. Glad to see you can make it to another week of Inspired Incompetence. Nick here, and I will be doing this week's intro, because, well, let's be honest, you're all sick and tired of hearing Matt's voice, and I don't blame you one bit. But, you know, he's a good guy and we love him. For this week's intro, I just want to take a quick minute, let you guys know, if you weren't aware of it, that we do have some Inspired Incompetence merch. T-shirts, hoodies, a whole plethora of other clothing options that are really, really nice quality, feel great on the skin, great price. I know what you're thinking. Well, how do I get my sweet Inspired Incompetence merchandise? Couldn't be any easier. Just go to our website, inspiredincompetence.com, and Matt has so conveniently placed a big old merch button right there. Click on the button, and boom, takes you right to the site where you can order the merch. And if you're thinking about throwing some money our way, but maybe, you know, really stylish threads just isn't who you are, we get it, we won't judge. You know, maybe you want to visit our Patreon page and become a monthly patron. That's probably even the better route to go, especially if you get the $5 monthly pledge, because then you can have access to our Patreon-exclusive campaign, which is War for the Crown, and has been an absolute blast to do so far. And if you can, you might as well just get the $10 option, because then not only can you listen to our new AP, you can listen to it live. And let me tell you, there is nothing better than you guys giving us shit while we're trying to record. The amount of salt coming off of Alex is just, it's like the Dead Sea coming off this guy. And it's mostly from the Patreon comments. And we love it. That's how we know you guys care. All right, I'm going to make this short and sweet this week. That was our quick little plug for, hey, give us some money. And I'm going to shut up and let you guys listen to episode 28. Diminishing returns? Did someone say Inspiring Competence Podcast? Welcome back. How's everybody doing today? Hello. <laughs> that one feels so appropriate given what we just went through. I don't know what you're Three years about. in, boys. Diminishing returns for sure. Listen, you need to lower your expectations, especially with me. I, I'm, I, am, I am a smart person, I like to think. But when it comes to computers, for some reason, anyway, moving on. So here we are in episode two of book two. You guys have had a, a full session to kind of take in the material plane, Roslar's coffer. Uh, and I just want to, before we get into anything, I just wanted to go through and kind of pick everybody's brains what 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 are your characters thinking what's what, what what's their headspace at right now uh like they had that huge adventure that they just finished through the boneyard and the dead roads finally back in the material plane what's going through your characters heads who wants to start i think utrid kind of was last episode giving a little bit of like where he was at like he always knew, like, we were gonna, if we got back to the material plane and eventually Rossler's coffer, that, like, it was not going to be, like, walking back to normal Rossler's coffer. I think last week we kind of likened it to, like, when 
you have a, a death of a family member or friend and like you hear the news and you you processing and dealing with it but then like when you're at the funeral yeah like it kind of in a different way but yet similar starts to kind of bring those emotions back because it's kind of like the physical this is real like it was one thing to be in the boneyard see everyone ghostly but to be back in our normal plane and see the devastation and destruction of the town and buildings like that being said i think uchard still as much as it kind of like hurts and it's not fun to see he knew he was gonna have to deal with that and he's still very much focused on the bigger picture which for him right now is i think his first goal once we get out of here is gonna be to follow Keisha Keisha's advice and try and find the Knights of Ozar and see if, be like, hey guys, I got an old wall in my heart. This crazy <laughs> thing happened. What do yeah. you got for me? So, quick correction it's the Knights of Ozum. And oh. I think it was Lady Grives that urged you to do that. I don't think Keisha Keisha ever said anything about doing that. Yeah, it was the mayor. Well,. Uchard's not a good listener. What can I tell you? <laughs> He's a good boy, follows orders. He just forgets whose orders they are. <laughs> All right. Any any other thoughts, Nick? I, I think as a secondary mission or thing, he's kind of looking forward. The Knights of Ozarm, I would assume, are like stationed at the Capitol Vigil. Yes. So that would also present an opportunity for Uhtred to stop and see his father, which he definitely will wants to and will do that whenever we make it to the capital. Okay, good stuff. Uh, anybody uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Rogier's head is definitely spinning a bit. Like, it's one thing to finally be, I don't want to say home because Rustler's, yeah, Roslar's coffer was never really Rogier's home. It was a stop on his trade route. Yeah. Obviously, he had this amicable companionship with Uhtred, you know, that goes back a few years. But, you know, obviously, it's it's not home. And obviously, it's a bit bittersweet. And he's finally back, but he's back, you know, missing a child. Yeah. Um, and it's also this, this weird kind of... It's a weird feeling because when he woke up in that tomb in the boneyard he woke up with these newfound powers and like they've kind of been developing as we've gone but it seems like returning to the material plane has really almost like stepped up his power level like it almost seems easier to use his abilities now than it ever was on the dead roads and yeah that's that I mean, that's that's still a bit new to him uh but yeah that's that's about it for rogar He's just, you know, trying to deal with his new reality. All right. Who wants to go next? You know, Vipera will. So, similarly to uh, to how uh, Rogar feels about it, she's she has almost no connection to this place. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Vipera kind of knew maybe three people uh uh, on a more like uh, in a more social sense between Jerry uh, Mary and Nigel that's kind of all that kind of kept her attached to this place but outside of that like 
you know, she's kind of in her, like, she's in her, like, bread and butter kind of situation. Like, she's had some training dealing with chaotic situations and just being as decisive as possible whenever possible kind of thing. Um, while other people in the group just find it to be, like, super chaotic, the reality is, like, she's making, like, the tough decisions in the immediate sense, uh, really not allowing much for, like, backtracking. So, uh, I think right now, Viper is in a okay headspace. She's definitely curious about, like, what's going on, though. Yeah, I imagine where Uhtred is dealing with, like, this is my home since I was like a teenager and it's destroyed by Pira. It wasn't, it's not like she never probably looked at Rosler Coffer as like her home. Right. Right. She's always had to travel with like a hood up and like, you know, stick to the shadows. Like, so this is the first time on the physical plane this time, like she's traveling with like hood down kind of like, yeah. All right. Like these are the streets that I know. Yeah, with no need to actually, yeah. you know, slink around. All right. Uh, how about Thalias? Yeah, um, there's definitely some disappointment going on with Thalias. I, I knew, you know, like the rest of us, that going back wasn't really going to be going back to, you know, how things were. But I sort of held out hope until it turned out that it wasn't, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I know it's not going to be the same, but like maybe... Maybe yeah. it will be. You never know. But now it's definitely not, and that sucks. But what feels great for Thalias, at least, is that the crew is still together. And that sort of carries his spirit through, where there was a couple life or death, you know, almost <laughs> getting <couple>. crushed. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we faced a couple uh, life-threatening situations, and we came out of all of them, so... You know, as long as Thalias has his team and, uh, you know, we're together getting to the bottom of things, he, he feels much better than uh, he would otherwise, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think that would also apply a little bit to Uhtred. Like, the fact that we, we didn't really know what we were coming back to, and seeing this giant cloud, like, kind of makes Uhtred feel like, while well, the team has grown a lot closer through the Boneyard, like, it's not done. Even though we don't know what it is yet, it just feels like there's more that this group of four adventurers has to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll... So I'll add, like, it, I know the extent of, you know, this immediate situation, but, you know, you guys woke up in these coffins. You're in the boneyard, and you're like, we need to get home. And you're like, oh, we can't just go home. Like, there's, you know, specific stuff we've got to do. And then you're like, all right, well, so we got to the dead roads. That's like, you know, one step closer to home. And like, well, there's more stuff that we got to do. You do that stuff. Then you uh, f like, you fight McTana. And then you're finally like, all right, we are back in the material plane. And now you're like, you're in Roslar's coffer, the ruins of it. And you're just enclosed in this dome of fog. And like, you know where you need to go next. You need to go to uh, Vigil and deliver this news to the Knights of Ozum, but, like, can you make it through that fog? Like, what, what, what's the deal with that fog? What happens if you go into it? Is there a way to lift the fog? Like, it's just, 
You, you've arrived at another barrier. What's the deal with that big-ass glowing light in the graveyard? Yeah, that too. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it's just like every every accomplishment the group has attained is, is immediately met with a bigger resistance. Yeah. Like it's just another roadblock. All right, we overcame that. Oh, look at that. It's another roadblock. And it's like all these false peaks to finally getting you to like... Even just like if, if Rogyar woke up in the coffin, he was like, fuck these guys. I'm going back to my family. And if to this point, that goal still hadn't changed, he still can't do that. That's true. So it's like... You, like, you guys have been on this, like, railroad, essentially. Like, that's an ugly term in D&D and Pathfinder a lot of the times. But, like, that's just been the, that's just been the fact of, of your situation. Like, you can't do anything but get out of this situation. And that just puts you in another situation. You can't do anything but get out of that situation. And for some of you, it just it, it's happened to line up with your goals. But at what point? Will anybody who feels like they just want to walk away, at what point will you guys actually have the freedom of that choice? You know, like, on that, though, like, I'm speaking more specifically on Vipira. Like, this has kind of given her, like, a purpose almost at this point. Like, it's not that she has a goal for this thing. Like, right now, she's kind of like a, a, a tag along. But, like, this is kind of like everything that in a dark way like kind of what she likes just something simple something easy like it's just survival move on to the next next task and And like see what happens next like that like this is kind of her kind of niche like she really enjoys that that and it's kind of quite literally the only thing in her life right now yeah (laughs) Yeah. i was gonna say like for vipera this is given like meaning right she hasn't she's got the least tie downs of anybody and like i imagine a lot of her life has just kind of been like i wake up today i don't know where i'm gonna end up i'm just gonna put one foot in front of the other and now she finally kind of has somewhat of a destination right i think right she's probably driven more from piss that who do this is whoever did this to me? Who do they think they are? They can do that to me. But like, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely more of like who uh, can I aim the horns at now? <laughs> exactly. Where do I go to next? Well, I'll be interested to see uh, where that takes us. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, let's get things started with a little flashback. The smell of fresh rain and wet pine fills our nostrils as the soft clump of twigs and dirt under boot whispers under the call of songbirds. A lone figure cautiously navigates through the trees of a familiar wood, with a flash of blue hair peeking from beneath a traveling cloak. It's clear that the traveler is Vipira. With one last parting of underbrush and low branches, Vipira pushes her way into a clearing in the forest just north of Roslar's coffer. She pulls down her cloak and looks around at the beautiful scene. Well, 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 what have we here? Vipira had been too busy looking upward to notice a tall, thin, elven woman standing to the side of the clearing. A poor lost girl. Today's not your lucky day. Vipira looks down and sees the elven woman, who is now joined by a man with a bow strung over his broad shoulders and a dark-skinned dwarf with bare feet. She smiles with relief at the three imposing figures as they crack their knuckles threateningly. The man glares at Vipira, 
What you think you're smiling at? Don't you know who we are? Vipira's smile wanes slightly, but doesn't disappear. You're Kadraz. She looks at the barefooted dwarf. And you're Trondus. She smiles widely again, pointing at the elven woman. And you? You're Synthriel. You're the coffer crew. The three thugs look at each other, unsure how to react. Synthriel looks back at Vipira. Then what do you want? Yeah, you looking for someone to read you a story? Because we don't do stories. We do crimes. <clears throat> Kadraz draws a dagger to punctuate his statement, receiving a sagely nod of agreement from the barefoot Trondus. Vipera's excitement has started to shift into nervousness, but she takes a step forward. Me too. Crimes. I mean, I want to... If you want another member... Kadraz sheaths his dagger with a guffaw, while Sithriel looks sideways at Vipera. Kadraz begins sauntering toward Vipera, feigning exaggerated thought with a finger on his bottom lip. Ain't you that little street urchin that hangs around Jerry's tavern? Why would we let you join us? Because we're the big time, sweetheart. We don't fuck around. Our scores are dangerous. Sithriel crosses her arms. We haven't made any scores, Kadraz. Shut up! Kadraz whirls around at his friends, wide-eyed. After collecting himself, he turns back to Vipira. Sure, we haven't made any scores, but that's because we haven't found any that were worth the trouble yet. We got high standards, ain't that right, Trondus? The dwarf nods again. Kadraz has crossed the clearing and is now circling Vipira with an appraising look. Vipira seems to be trying to figure out just how serious the coffer crew is. But once you do find a score worth the trouble, you'll need some extra muscle, right? Kadraz stops in his tracks, eyeing Vipira's lack of musculature. And you think we need your muscle? Over Kadraz's renewed laughter, Sithriel calls across the clearing. No offense, kid. I like your enthusiasm, but we need fighters, not kids we'll need to babysit. Oh, I can fight. Vipira ungloves a hand and holds it out to Kadraz and extends her razor-sharp claws, which stop inches from Kadraz's face. Do you think these will be good enough? Kadraz almost falls over, jumping away from Vipira's claw. Yo, whoa, careful with those. You almost took my eye out. Vipira quickly pulls her arm away. Sorry, I just thought you wanted to see what I had. Kadraz straightens up with a huff. Sithril and Trondus have cleared the distance to get a better look. Vipira extends the claws on both her hands and displays them with more care. Kadraz turns the other way and crosses his arms. I don't know. They don't look so impressive the second time. You just caught me off guard is all. Sithril looks at Vipira's claws impressed. Can you use them in a fight? Vipira nods proudly. Yep, I have. Ever killed anyone with them? Vipira's pride falters. She drops her hands down to her sides and diverts her eyes. Yes, once. Trondus pads his way up next to Vipira and places a meaty palm on her shoulder. Sithril crosses her arms again. What do you think, Trondus? Trondus looks up stoically at the elf. Sithril smiles keenly at him, then looks back at Vipira. Okay, kid. Let's see what you got. Vipira looks back up, genuine shock on her face. Really? I can join? Kadraz slaps a nimble hand onto Vipira's back. I had a good feeling about her from the start. First things first, kid, that tree is my pissing tree, so don't even think about pissing near it. Tomorrow is our weekly pickpocket parade, so I'm going to show you my foolproof strategy for picking pockets. And we pull up as Kadraz's tirade echoes off the trees, and a strong wind blows the treetops to the east. We pull back down and see Vipira standing next to Uhtred, Thalias, and Rogyar as a horrible roar pushes through the trees, and we can hear the disembodied voice of the strange half-orc 
yelling for help. So why don't we have everybody roll initiative? Rogiar. 15. Vipera. 19. Uhtred. 13. Solias. 6. First up is the half-orc. They're like, no, get back, you foul beast! Ah, someone give me some help! Just watch out for the pit trap! And Vipera, you're up. Um, Vipera doesn't want to enter these woods <laughs> at, on like and any level you hear you hear the voice coming from over here by the way uh there's there's like so you're at the cusp of this big clearing and then there's like a little there's a little opening in the trees at the north end of the clearing that looks like it leads into another clearing okay and i i don't see anyone or anything uh Vipira, why don't you give me a perception check all right I know you guys think of like Vipira as like the bull in the china shop, but she's not dumb. Like she's <laughs> about to rush into this, not like like she'll rush into any combat. But if there's an obvious trap or large monster involved, eh, yeah, let me see it first. You know, I feel like you have to be a bull in a china shop to have to say you might think of me as a bull in a china shop, <laughs> but as often as Tom says it. <laughs> Yeah, because he says it every time. It pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Say it in different ways. Uh, uh, I got a 23. You push your way into the clearing. And with a 23... Uh, 24 if it's a trap. Well, he did say pit trap. You look around, and your keen rogue eyes spot a trap kind of just to the north of the center of this large clearing. Avoiding it is as easy as not stepping in that area. All right. You know that if you do step in that area you will most likely fall down into a pit. Oh, okay. I tell everyone to follow my footing uh, as close as possible, and I make my run around. Meanwhile, like, uh, I know this is really rough, like, mechanic-wise, but, like, you know, my goal is to also, like, be looking back, make sure, like, people are, like, falling in line, and I'm, like traversing 10 feet away from the uh, from the hole so that way like it gives a little bit of wiggle room in that okay uh, so Rogar you're up next alright so Rogar uh, seeing Vipira warn about the pit trap is going to uh, like do I have a line to to kind of jump to the right of the pit trap where she was walking yeah, uh, Vipira, it's, as soon as you go in there, Vipira's like, it's right there and right there and right there and right there and I'll step there. Uh, and you should be able to avoid it, no problem. Uh, if you can jump far enough to get where you want to go, that's up for the acrobatics to decide. Okay. I am going to uh, jump with the goal of getting to that square to Vipira's east to the right. That's a 40-foot jump. So that is a 25 on my acrobatics, which is more than enough to get the 40 feet. So yeah, Rogar uh, hops on over to Vipira's side. This looks like that was the branch that the guy was standing on that, that broke. Um, you, you are standing a on big an log. overturned <laughs> log, but um, it doesn't appear to have been like broken or anything. It's not recent. Yeah. Okay. Um, can we see into that other clearing from here? Not quite. You can certainly tell there's something going on over here, but you can't really see well enough. All right. Then Rogar is going to ready a, a blast if something like kind of comes through the opening. But other than that, he's waiting for uh, the meat shields to go first. Okay. Uhtred. He's going to move up and end about 10 feet behind Vipira. 
and five feet from the log. Okay. And then it's the Elias. Now, I see these people moving pretty far. I, I don't think I can move <laughs> that far, can I? Uh, no, you're being weighed down by your plate mail. Ugh. Okay. Well, I'm going to move as far as I can and stay clear of that darn square. Okay. All right. Well, here I come. Puffing and puffing. <laughs> okay. All right. And you hear, you hear just no shortage of these huge guttural roars. Whatever is making this roar is... It sounds gigantic. So the tr- like the trees are shaking, and like just leaves kind of just fall, uh, flutter to the uh, the forest floor, at the the just the cacophony, so the force of this sound. Um, let me let me real quick. I'll read the description for this for this area that you're in. In stark contrast to the ruin and decay of the town, this clearing teems with strange life. Gray bulbous fruit hangs from the trees, and brightly colored flowers bloom on the forest floor, giving off a sickly sweet odor. A rotted log lies in front of a narrow opening in the foliage to the north. The plants here all wave slightly as if in a breeze, but the air is completely still. It's like you've stepped into this forest and it's alive, and yet it's like it's like it's too too alive. So up next is Vipera. Um, well, I guess move forward some more. Um, okay, I'm going to reveal what you see. Okay, and... uh, What? So you move forward again, you enter this secondary clearing, and this creature is a mix of different animals fused together, with a bear's torso and head, clawed ape legs, and a furred tentacle arm. And it is huge. It towers over uh, the half-orc that you saw earlier, who seems to have stumbled to the ground. It is pinned under a log, and it turns it turns around, and it sees you, and it lets out another Okay. Um, uh, can I roll a knowledge check of some sort? It's going to be knowledge arcana. So, no. <laughs> the half-orc does not seem to be... Uh, in a position that where he could provide a flank bonus. Yes, I know. Um, I'm debating on just taking a full move, full round move action uh, to get to where I need to get. If I uh, move up, uh, would he have an attack of opportunity, or you have no way of knowing? I mean, uh, just based how, on, how on normal things, you, you could probably assume that a creature that size has a reach of at least ten feet. Well, no, I'm uh, I'm wondering if he's like in action technically or is he out of uh, combat right now he's been in combat for two rounds now okay um fuck it i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna try to get over to this position over here all right are you gonna acrobatics i am gonna acrobatics all right you move at half speed while doing that fyi that's fine so i just move double speed and if i can uh well, just give me an acrobatics check. Yeah. I mean, you could also just say, I'll take the attack. Yeah. If that's really where you want to end up. I'll do the acrobatics. Here we go. Please don't be bad. Oh, God. An 11. Uh, an 11 uh, is not quite enough to avoid an attack of opportunity. Uh-huh. I'm sure this thing doesn't hit hard. This 15-foot large creature. I feel like I might yeah. have been a little bit too hasty with this action. Hey, yep. but you're <laughs> not a bull right in a China shop. Right on brand. 
every All time. Right. Guys, I'm not a bull in a china shop. And then two pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a china shop? <laughs> It'll be fine, Tom. It'll be fine. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just sweating a little. That, that's that's all. You, you probably fine. have full health. I mean, <laughs> all right, so that's a 22 to hit. That hits. You're gonna take 11 points of damage from its claw. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> thank God. No end. <laughs> you know, by you the get claw, more... die by the claw. I, I'll, I'll take the damage, but like the the yeah, the ant. damage would be fine, right? It's the the shit it's... that's always tacked on. <laughs> okay, up next is Rogar. Okay, right, kill it, Rogar. Uh, yeah, Rogar is going to now that one of his meteors has gotten in there, he will uh, go through this opening to get you know through this little clearing and tuck himself into the corner by the trees and he's going to take a shot at this thing um he's going to he's going to take a burn to empower it oh wow so yeah here comes a blast kill it uh that's a 19 to hit that hits Ooh, it's a 18 damage okay doesn't your damage get double because of your oh that's right i empowered it 27 damage thank you nick yeah <laughs> Alright, it seems to have absorbed some of that damage, but yeah, I definitely felt that, and uh, it is, for at the time being, it is locked onto Rogiar. <laughs> uh, up next is Uhtred. Okay, um, Uhtred Go get in the way. <laughs> is going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, get here with 30. a single move action. Yeah, uh, I don't think I want to attack it, though. I think I want to try and work on getting the log off of the half-orc. Oh, okay. Now, if I move to here with a double move action up to the the half-orc that's trapped, I'd have to roll an acro... Oh, no. He might not have an attack of opportunity after taking it on Vipira, right? Maybe. Now seems like a good time for that knowledge. Yeah. Okay, so knowledge arcana. Yep. Big money, big money. 20. You identify this beast as a Yaogwai. Fucking Yaogwais. A Yaogwai is a monstrosity born of unnatural magic that combines several creatures into one body, creating a deformed, mismatched monster. Uh, you can ask one question. <sighs> one question. If I only had one question. Well, we know it has some sort of DR. Let me Tell me one of its DRs. It has DR5 that cannot be bypassed. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going to, just to be safe, I'm going to take a double move action. So my first first move action was 30 up through the little clearing. Now I'm going to take my second move action, doing an acrobatics to end my turn, like right by the log. So next turn I can just start trying to lift it off of the half work. Okay. Make an acrobatics check. Nine. All right. Uh, you stumble a little bit, leaving yourself wide open, but this creature only had one attack of opportunity, so lucky you. Yeah, I stumble a little bit, but Uhtred plays it off like a baseball slide, like he's using a tree for cover. <laughs> uh, all right. Now that you're, like, standing right over this half work, he looks, he looks a little fucked up, like maybe he took a like a full attack from this thing before you guys got to him. You don't look so good there, half-orc. Um, Just get me out of here and we can talk. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try when I have more action economy next round. 
Sounds like a plan, Elias. <laughs> My team needs me. <laughs> no. No, Joe. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, I don't think that counts as a flank for you, Tom. Regardless. There we go. I fixed it. Yeah, but can he go that far? I think so. Can't. Wait, what? What space was he in? This. Uh, that this one? one. Yeah. No. Yes. End his turn yeah. right there on the corner. <laughs> that's not a. That's not flanked. Yeah. Yep. Mhm. 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 Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, Viper, have fun. I don't know if it's We're after actually, me right now. Yeah, this yeah, thing's actually, got eyes for me at the moment. Yeah. But thank you, Elias, for being in the way. Elias <laughs> <laughs> ends his movement, and the Yaogwai, still with eyes for Rogyar, turns around, and it pounces up into the air and lands 10 feet away from Rogyar. But, Rogyar, you've got the sinking suspicion that it can still reach you. And it pounces? specifically pounce. Did I say the word pounce? Yeah, I don't like that I word I heard the pounce. word pounce. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I don't what? enjoy that either. Mm, do I? Do pounce do... means panic. P is <laughs> <laughs> for pounce is for panic. Pounce is just a word that makes all of our ears perk up. It's a fucking trigger word for sure. <laughs> all right, so what are we looking at from these attacks of opportunity? Uh, 16. 16. 26. 16 will not hit. 26, however, will. Yeah, five damage. Chase my pain. All right. Well, that he doesn't taste any of it. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> one non-lethal. So that's one non-lethal. Yep. Take that, you big silly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Yagwai lands with a crash right in front of Rogiar, <laughs> and it's gonna full attack. I'm sure it'll do one non-lethal. That'll be a uh, twenty-one to hit. Uh, yeah. And a twenty-four to hit. Yep. And uh, 30 to hit? Yes. Please stop at 3. And a 28 to hit? God damn it. <laughs> They're only going up. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, God, there's more? All right, so first it's going to bite you. You take 12 points of damage. Ow. Uh, did we just lose Rogar? Yeah, he's Possibly. Dead. And then it lashes out with a claw, and you take 14 points of damage. Oh, my God. Another claw. You take 13 points of damage. And Rogar drops unconscious. And then a tentacle. You take seven points of damage. (sighs) All right. So Rogar is not dying. I'm still at positive hit points. I just have non-lethal from my burn, so I'm unconscious. Oh, my God. Holy shit. (laughs) That was fucking scary. So that just dropped me from 48 HP to two. Oh, my God. God. Elias looks at his HP. <laughs> yeah. Much less than 48. Uchard looks at his 18 HP because I'm fucked. Uh, you guys also have AC. I don't. That's true. I Although mean, did you hear the numbers? He said 21, yeah, really 23, 26, 28, 30. Yeah. Like, I don't think this thing could have missed me without a natural one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, up next is the half orc. And, uh,. From his prone position, he's going to take... Like, he's still trapped under this log, but he's got a bow and arrow. And he's going to make a couple shots at the Yaogwai. And he's just, get away from him, you bastard! That's going to hit. You take a minus four penalty if you're shooting in a bow from a prone position, but it still hits. And and a natural one for his second attack. 
Oh, perfect. This guy's great. <laughs> Natural 20 to confirm, though, so he does hit him once. <laughs> well, damn, I wouldn't have worried of getting a log off of him if I knew he was an archer. <laughs> well, still getting him on his feet will help. <laughs> yep. All right. The, uh, the arrow embeds itself into this creature's flank, but the creature almost barely takes notice. Definitely dealt damage, but not all that much. Up next is Vipera. Uh, you just watch Rogiar get absolutely fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Vipera. I believe the, Thank the word you're looking gods. for is crumpled. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vipera thanking the gods. That was not her. Um, just wondering, can I move to flank with Elias, or is that... Yeah, you can you can occupy that square. Okay, uh, then that's what I'm gonna do. And if I have to uh, roll for five, ten. Well, if you acrobatics, you can't get there. Yes, you can. can. It's only twenty-five. Right, yeah. but if she acrobatics. She moves at half speed, and her speed's only thirty. Oh, you mean she can get there and not attack, or yeah. or she, yeah, yeah. You can get there a move here. action and still be able to attack, or. And that's going to provoke, or you can acrobatics. Oh, okay. Uh, possibly not provoke, but it'll take you your full turn. Vipira is going to just run to that square. Okay. That's a 22 to hit. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you take nine points oh. of damage from the claw. All right. I still have a standard action. What was that single digit damage against yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> I know. The damage just kept getting higher. It was horrifying. <laughs> hey, it dealt seven damage to you on the last attack. Yeah, right. with the fucking tentacle. All right. And Vipira's going to claw once. Uh, 22 to hit. 22 will hit. Yes. 15 damage. Minus two to attack. Oh, so I've got a, uh, real quick, it has a little ability that gives it a chance to ignore sneak attacks because its anatomy is uh, not really, uh, you're like, here's the, like, I'm going for a kidney shot. And it's like, haha, my kidney's in my throat, you stupid bitch. <laughs> what? Okay, what what are the percentages that we're looking for here? One to 50. You attack, you, uh, your sneak attack applies. Okay. I'm always the highest kind of guy myself. 79. That's why. No, oh, god damn it. So instead of 15, looks like you only deal seven. Ugh. And instead of seven, you only deal two. Hey, wow, that... two. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> At least it was lethal damage. <laughs> yep. And uh, that means all the other effects that stat that uh you know are stacked on top of your sneak attack don't apply as well. That was about right. That's pretty rough. And I'm not I'm not saying that like ironically or anything. Jesus. Uh Rogiar, uh, you're not dying, correct? You're just unconscious from non-lethal damage. Correct. Okay. Then up next is Utrid. How big is this log? Like now that I'm thinking about it, I was kinda hoping in my head, I guess, that another PC would be able to help me try and push it off him. Like, does it look like it looks like strength? if it looks like uh, as long as this guy is like helping you, uh, you should be able to get it off him with like like a DC 10 strength check, probably. Okay, well my strength's an 11, so can I roll 10 or higher on a dice? All right, I got power dice in my hands. This guy is gonna try to roll to assist, so if he if he assists, then you only need a DC 8. Oh, jeez, oh, no, nope. roll the three, and that counts as my standard action. 
Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm just going to assume that we're not strong enough to list this. And I'll look down at him and say, I'm so sorry, but I, I don't think I can lift this log. Just we'll try and keep him distracted over there. And Uhtred's going to take his move action to... If he ends up here, does this count as flanking? Uh, yeah. All right, then he'll he'll go to there. Okay. And you hear uh, like you're like this log is too too heavy, and the half orc's like it's impossible. Just go help your friends. Uh, up next is Thelias. Power attack. So that's a minus two on your attack roll, but a plus either a plus four on your damage rolls, or if you're gonna two hand the shovel, plus six on your damage roll. I'm not going to two-hand the shovel. I think every precious AC might uh, yeah. be worth it. <laughs> that All sounds right. like a good call. <laughs> 13. 13 is going to be a mess. Oh, I died for nothing. Okay. Uh, this thing is going to direct its attention to uh, Vipira, who is the only one to really hurt it. <laughs> Vipira <laughs> was like on top of the, like the world for a minute, and now she's probably facing death right here. All right, uh, so first off is a 14 to hit. Nope. Please, please, please. And we got a 19 to hit. Does not hit. Go. Careful, Tom. Don't egg him on. And then a 21 to hit. Oh, the matches. Oh, I would have had that minus two to attack. Yeah, and then a 29 to hit. Yeah, that hits. All right, so misses with a bite, misses with a claw, but then one claw and one tentacle. I think those were like the two weakest ones it had. The bite is the strong one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Min damage with the claw for seven. Jeez. Oh, and that's another min damage with the tentacle for another seven. <laughs> so you only took 14 <laughs> points of damage. There, oh, right my there. God. <laughs> Rogar took that in the bite alone. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Vipira, you are up. Oh... Pipe here really needs to like end this shit. Um, she's not she's not feeling good at all. Uh, but live by the claw, die by the claw. All right. Does a uh, seventeen hit? No. Oh. Does a twenty-six hit? Twenty-six does hit. Let me roll. Do one hundred? Do you want to pick the range? I'm going low. Like you got high last time. I kind of want to stay low on this. Okay. It makes sense. Therefore, you know it's going to not work. I know. Hey. I got a 10. Oh, so, Vipira's right. sneak attack uh, strikes true. All right. So, 22 damage, minus 2 to his attacks, and then uh, minus 1 to his strength. He's looking pretty pissed. Yeah, I'd imagine. Okay, Rogar still unconscious. Uh, Yay! Uhtred. Okay. Um, I would like to cast a spell defensively. Alright. Okay, so we'll roll the d20. Ooh, it's not great. So 9 plus 5 is a 14, plus 5 is a 19, which is enough for a first level spell. Yes, it is. So, I will be casting Shocking Grasp, and I am going to try and deliver it through my scimitar on this guy. Nice. I'm also going to use a swift action to apply a plus one. That's going to be a 20 to hit. 20 will hit. Nice. So that. Do it, Hansel. 
That did max damage on the scimitar for 7 points of damage, and then I gotta look up. So he takes 18 damage from the shocking grass. Wow. Cool. Shit. Very nice. Fortunately, that's got a one charge, one time type of deal. <laughs> yeah, but that's a pretty good uh, one charge. Yeah. Yeah. This thing roars in pain. You can see the electricity coursing through its body and just, just electrical burns, just like sizzling smoke over its hide. And now it's Uhtred's turn. No, now it's Elias's turn. I'll go again. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, power attack for the win. All right. 25. 25 will hit. Wait, were you at 12 power damage? Attacking? You said you were power attacking, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. 12 damage. Yeah. All right, so that's seven damage. Yeah, but seven lethal damage. All right, so it, like electricity, just, and it it like turns its head to face uh, Uhtred. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and and as it turns around, Thalias just Kong! shovel right across its face, and it just like it like shakes its head. Uh, it shakes its head in frustration, and uh, it it looks around at like this group of people that is just it's just been attacking it and uh, doing pretty good damage to it, and it attempts to flee into the forest. Oh, excuse that's me. To, that's going to provoke an attack of opportunity from all three of you. <laughs> there we go, Thalias. Why don't we start with God Thalias? damn it? <laughs> oh yeah, One. baby. That's how you do that. Natural 20. Okay, perfect. See? And the confirmation is a 26. Oh, wow. Well, that confirms. LR power dice time. <laughs> um, I'll take a crit card, please. Oh. First, I was, I was thinking, like, oh, this is great. I'm like, oh, wait, no, this actually sucks. <laughs> um, this is called wide open. Normal damage, and the target provokes attacks of opportunity from all threatening opponents. But none of you has combat reflexes, so it doesn't do anything. Oh, man. Wow. What a letdown. All, right. all right, well, let's uh, see the normal damage. Seven for Uhtred. And uh, let's hear our other uh, attacks of opportunity. 17 for Vipira. 17 is not going to hit. And uh, how about Thalias? Yeah, natural one. Thank you. All right, uh, why don't you roll to confirm there? <laughs> oh, no! That's a two. Or a, an 11. All right, so an 11's going to confirm the crit, or the fumble. It's okay. This is actually, this works out very well. You're going to love this one, Joe. This is a, uh, this is our, one of our fan fumbles. Okay. This one's brought to a spot from, uh, from Povo. Nice. And the melee fumble here is Blustery Bravado. For the next 1d4 rounds, you must spend a move or standard action taunting your opponent. <laughs> so you get to yell at this thing while it runs away. Don't you come back here. So it's just... Please please don't. <laughs> and it's just like, just like these huge cracks as it like just cleaves its way through the forest uh, uh, in retreat. It's just carving a path through the forest. And yeah, it's gone. Ugh. All right, well, I thought for sure we were having a death there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Holy shit, yeah. Thought so, too. What does everybody do? 15 feet tall! You couldn't even kill one of us! <laughs> 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 I 
Viper is gonna walk over to the uh, person who is uh, trapped under, and uh, should all come help. He's uh, like wide-eyed, uh, like still training his uh, bow and arrow on where the thing left the clearing, and like like his arms are just like trembling as if he's terrified that it's gonna come back. He doesn't even like notice that you guys are right there. Well, Will, friend, you can put your bow down. I think <sighs> it's gone for now. <sighs> Oh, I hope you're right. Oh, well, I I owe you a lot an apology. Uh, why don't you uh, help me get this fucking log off me off my legs, and uh, we can have a little talk. And this is a strength check? Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Uhtred gonna... got it. Okay. I'm going to assist Uhtred. Okay. So Uhtred got a 20 with the assist. All right. So Uhtred and Viper are able to uh, lift this log up and get it off of... Uh, the half works legs. He he climbs to his legs like very gingerly. Like it looks like it. He uh he might have sprained something. All right, I kind of give him like a hand up so he can not put weight on the sprained side. Oh, thanks, friend. Uh, what what do you what do you call yourself, half orc? Name's Yando. Yando Pa. And you? I'm I'm Uhtred. Uhtred Bebenbur. I was the captain of the Rustler Cuffler guard here. Vipera might uh, nudge the lies and be like, got any more of those uh, channels left? Uh, I think we're all feeling it. Looks over at, like, Rogar, who's on the <laughs> ground. Yeah, yeah. Breathing, but I just out cold. ankle! You sprained his ankle! That's <laughs> it! <laughs> the Elias! Let him be! Come over here! <laughs> All right, all right. I don't have any... I start <laughs> patting myself. I have no heels left. Oh, you're out of heels? Yeah, Why I know the that. fuck would we ever do this fight? <laughs> I don't think we understood where our heels were in people's selves. <laughs> all right, well... I mean, then... our health were not bad coming into this. Uh, yeah, this I was at half health. This thing just a fucking dump truck. I don't understand how you're at half health, because... Uh... Because like, I got nailed they... by one of the, uh, yeah, I got he... hit by a, a plant, I got hit by an elk, oh, and I only okay. have 36 total health. All right, uh, so Yando, uh, he says, oh, I can see uh, see, I'm not the only one in pretty rough shape, aside from that fucking thing, and he throws a, a cursed stare at the trail it left in the trees. This uh, this blind has been pretty pretty safe place. Let's make our way over to the... Uh, to the other clearing. Hopefully there's still a trap set there. We might have a, a bit more cover if it comes back. It won't be coming back, that pussy! You hear, you hear some distant snaps and cracks growing louder. <laughs> no! <laughs> Hurry now. <laughs> Alright. So you guys uh, head back into the southern clearing. Yando will, uh, will pick up Rogyar and bring him with him since nobody else seemed to be oh, yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Roger is unconscious. He apparently won't mind being bait. Right. <laughs> Roger, if, if you don't want to be bait, say something. <laughs> okay. He's into it, guys. So he uh, he sets Rogar down like a sitting position against that log. He brushes some dirt off his armor and gingerly massages his, his legs and he... Uh, he touches his face, and you can see a massive bruise already beginning to form. Close call there. It'd be beast food if it wasn't for you. Uh, and he uh, 
he extends he extends a hand just kind of generically out to you guys. I'm I'm starting to guess you want with the whispering way. You want raving fanatics or undead abominations. Right now that's good enough for me. The the whispering way? His head snaps towards Vipera. You had a top F on the whispering tyrant? He's that powerful lich ruled Ustalav for centuries. Uh, well, the Whispering Way is a, they're a cult that wants to free that undead bastard and turn everyone Galarian into zombies and skeletons. My guess is they're behind all this, and kind of gestures vaguely. I've seen a few of them skulking through the streets, but I don't know if they have a way through the fog or a, a secret hideaway in town. Well, question is, how long, or <laughs> what year is it, if you don't mind me asking? He, uh... He looks a little confused at that question. What year is it? Uh, I'm not sure what year it's supposed to be in, like, in setting. But he, like, he tells you, he tells you the date, and it lines up with uh, what would make sense. Like, it, it's like probably like five or six days after uh, you guys woke up in the boneyard. Yeah. So how long has it been? About five or six days. So like. The, the the time, quote-unquote, we've spent on the Dead Roads and Boneyard has lined up with how long it's been since we've been dead. Yeah. Yando, do you know what happened here at Rossler's Coffer? I mean, were, were you with inside the city when this cloud appeared, or...? He, uh, his eyebrows raise at you. He says, you mean you don't know? I assume that's why you are here. Uh, a few days ago... When I was patrolling along the river to the southeast, I saw this massive flash of light coming from the town. I rushed over only to find the buildings in ruin and everyone, everyone dead. He looks like he's still shocked. It seemed as though most of the bodies had turned to ash, but lots of them were just terribly mangled somehow. Their limbs twisted in all directions and their flesh turned to goo. It was horrible, but... It got worse when the bodies began to move on their own. He, he's like got this thousand yard stare. You said the bodies moved? Yeah, he just grimaces. He says, I hate the undead. But then he motions at the the, the fog. That, like You can kind of see up over the tree line. That sprang up about a day later when I was picking through the rubble, trying to find s- some explanation for what happened. It just appeared rolling in like a the worst bank of fog ever. I tried to make a break for it through the mist once, but I barely made it back out alive. I wouldn't recommend it. It surrounds the entire town. I've been trapped in here ever since. Hearing the bodies, like, reanimated and started moving makes Uchard very uncomfortable. Like, the idea that all these people that he cared about and protected are now just living dead. The worst potentially. Yeah, like... Mm -hmm. And also, I think it's very shocking, too, because we, like, saw them, their souls move on. I don't know why, but I guess I just thought if you became a living dead, it would, like, make your soul not have a good time either. Do you have a safe place for us to rest? He, uh, he kind of, uh, very pathetically just gestures to the clearing you're in. Up until a few minutes ago, this was the safest place I knew of. That th- that fucking thing. Oh, I've heard it once or twice, making a distant roar or two, but it never it never bothered me before now. Nothing else bothered me before now. I'm crossing my fingers this was just an isolated event, but 
This is where I've been calling home for the last few days. I've made some, I've, been, I've made some scouting trips into the town once or twice, but for the most part, I've been just trying to stay alive since that fog showed up. Have you noticed that glowing light coming from the other end of the town? Have you by chance gone and saw what's causing it? He's like, uh, he's wrapping uh, a cloth around his leg. He's like, yeah, I've seen it. He even spoke to me, I think. Spoke to you? On one of my supply runs through the town, I, I came close to the cemetery and I heard a voice in, in my head, I think, claiming to be the, the spirit of the town, spirit of the land. Since then, I haven't gone anywhere near it. It might be a whispering way trick or it could be something else altogether. Like I said, I'm just trying to stay alive here. I gave up on trying to solve the mysteries of this place the minute that toxic fog appeared. No, I, I understand, but I, I wonder if maybe that spirit could at least give us some helpful information to getting out of the fog. I kind of look around at us and say, I, I think Viper is right, though. We should rest here for the night, maybe try and investigate that spirit in the morning. Well, you're welcome to stay in my blind. Rest up. And here, uh, well, maybe I should give one of these to the door first, but he, uh, he reaches into his, uh, pack and he's got two potions. And he would explain that they are potions of cure light wounds. As the healer, I take them and, uh, assist Rogyar with the drinking of them. Now, hold on. What? I rolled this assuming. Is it 1d8 plus 5? No, it's 1d8 plus 1. Ugh, fuck. So, 8. I mean, so, 8, still. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. So Rogar's healed eight points of damage. Is he still unconscious? Well, that eight points of healing brings me up to ten HP, which matches my my non-lethal damage. So, so yes, I wake up. All right. Uh, welcome back, Rogar. Oh, what happened about me? Uh, yeah, you remember that huge creature that showed up? Well, don't worry, I took care of him. Yeah, after he uh, took care of you. Uh, uh, you guys, is is it? Is, is it gone? Did you guys kill it? It's gone. Uh. And it won't be coming back anytime soon. The 1d4 rounds are really lasting a long yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I just got the spirit of it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Smash that fumble energy. <laughs> it's non-consecutive rounds. It just happens every now and again. We were just discussing Rogar about Setting up and resting for the night and in the morning, trying to make it to that light we saw at the other end of town. Yando oh. was just saying that the light is some sort of spirit that kind of talked to him once. Uh, and Rugger kind of groggily looks over at the half orc like, oh, uh, Yando, nice to meet you. Uh, you'll forgive me if I don't get up. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you, need your, you need your rest. Oof. And Rogar, like, just without another word, just, like, <laughs> he flops his head back against the log and closes his eyes. Like, he's not, like, falling asleep yet, but he's just, he's just really freaking weak right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, so it sounds like uh, group is resting up. I think we should still take watches, though, and be willing to take the last watch as usual. Second watch, as usual. I'll take first watch. Yando, you're welcome to join one of us, or if you don't want to take a watch at all, you certainly don't have to. Uh, I can I can tag along on the first watch, but after that, I gotta get some rest. Well, have at it then. It's appreciated. All right. So you guys uh, start your rest. Who's uh, who's on first watch with Yando? My Pira. Okay. Oh, and she's gonna 
Just kind of a hard-hitting question session here. All right. Yeah, so uh, everybody's asleep, and it's just Yando and Vipira. And he's kind of... Uh, He's 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 a good he's a good watch. You get the feeling that he's uh naturally uh, uh vigilant, but he uh he, he seems like he has something that he wants to say, but he's kind of maybe trying to be polite. What's on your mind? All right, look. I can't figure out how to get out of this fog. You lot have no idea what happened here. So you weren't here. How did you get here? Uh well, you see Humble and Thoot sent us. Oh, <laughs> I was waiting for it. Well, you see, when a man and a woman love each other very much. <laughs> you know, like, this is the first person outside of the group, like, that seems relatively normal. She's going to go into uh, depth uh, on the story, uh, on the storyline. So she tells him about... Like the group's trip through the boneyard and dead roads, that we yeah. were in Rossler Coffer when that light went, that boom went off. Yeah, so she's gonna go. Uh, yeah, she's gonna go pretty uh, ham on this uh, story. All right. Um, she's gonna she's gonna spare the details on a on a couple of things, like uh, I guess more personal things among the groups. Sure. Uh, but like talk about the endeavors yeah. and all that stuff. All right get all the all like the the bullet points yeah all right and so he's just he listens to the whole story just slack jawed you finish he's like now i've heard just about everything i suppose next we'll find out aridan's back to life and is selling camels in osirian eh yeah about that oh no (laughs) (laughs) no no i'm just pulling your leg uh Yes, uh, we've been through quite a lot, and we've seen quite a lot. It's uh, nice to see a uh, a normal face, if you will. Yeah, happy to happy to to happy to be here. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah, shoot. You said that there's others around here. I haven't seen another living soul yet uh, outside of yourself. Uh, they're around. Either they can come and go through that fog, or they've got a they've got a hideout somewhere in town. But I've seen them around doing the patrols. I didn't need to get too close to them to suss out that they're whispering way. They got one undead bitch with them. Seems to be calling the shots. I didn't get too close to get more info, but they definitely seem like trouble. Now that you lot are here, maybe uh, maybe we can take the fight to them. Yes, well that would be uh, that would be nice, but. I don't know if that's a... I I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple days. Uh, Considering we still have that beast out there and spreading ourselves a little bit too thin amongst uh, certain groups might be the wrong play. I didn't say anything about spreading ourselves thin. I mean, we all go in as a group and we take them out. But I'll let let you lot call the shots. You're all together as a team. I'm just on my own here. I know the virtue of safety in numbers... Even if I'm used to being on my own, this is not a place I want to be on my own, so I will stick with you and what you guys want to do. And uh, before uh, you know, before we go to wake up uh, somebody else, just understand, if you betray us in any way, shape, or form, there will be hell to pay. 
but I will rest my back against yours as long as you are loyal. He raises his left hand, puts his right hand over his heart. He says, you have my word. And I'm going to sense motive on that. Otherwise, I'm going to attack him right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the Viperia we know and love. Have a right. little nice bonding moment, and then followed up immediately by a threat. Uh, 16. He seems uh, genuine. All right. Well, have a good night. And uh, I go to... Yeah, all right, yeah, you give uh, you give Thelias a little, little foot shove. All right. And, and uh... Thelias wakes up. And you better not come... Oh, <laughs> my turn for the watch all right then yes Elias it is your time for the watch I pop up and uh, I'm ready to go right. now do I get my hit points and spells now or <laughs> no oh okay well I don't pop up I don't I don't pop well, up at, uh, that that eye then so uh, Vipira and Yando go to sleep Elias, though, I'm going to need a perception check for. All right, here it comes. 17. Okay. Pretty good. Yep. You are uh, you're vigilant for your watch. Okay. You're pretty aware of the, like, the thrum of energy coursing through the, this patch of nature. Mm. Like the, the trees and the ground, it seems like the, the, it seems like the plant life is... I'll it's, do it's some like, investigating on this plant life. This, uh, I'll do a, a lap around. I know when uh, we don't really move our characters usually, but like mm-hmm. I'm always doing like perimeter and oh, you sure. know checking stuff out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're, so you're just like you're looking around and it's it's so weird. Like the the you you see like these like bulbous gray fruits hanging from the trees from from trees that you know don't normally have fruit the soil is oddly spongy as if after an, a light rainfall but the forest floor is dry the the trees was it like this before or it's just like this yeah. now no it's it's been like this but like just the longer that you're here the more apparent this like this, the alien uh right features right. of this forest are seeming the trees that are surrounding the clearing are they they look sick and grayish and yet they just they look they look so vibrant and alive. Oh, weird. It's very strange. And about an hour into your watch, you can see a strange light. Like the trees on the uh, on the eastern edge of the clearing are lighting up from, from some light source coming from to the north, the northwest, like in the clearing that you fought the Yaguay in. Okay. I inch closer to this clearing to get a better look of what's going on over here all right you peek your head around you see this this glowing shape standing in the middle of the clearing and it it takes your eyes a moment to to acclimate to how bright it is and like you rub your eyes a little bit and this creature you just hear this like soft like of it of it like patting its way around the clearing your eyes adjust and you can see this bright glowing elk oh shit they're back for more they didn't yep. finish the job <laughs> yesterday <laughs> the elk turns its oh, head wait. And looks at you and it is clearly not undead oh it's uh, a live elk it's a living elk and it looks very healthy and it kind of it sees you and it sees it like you're like kind of like you got your arm up kind of shielding your face from how bright the glow is and 
almost almost like it's consciously doing it like reacting to like your discomfort it like kind of like dials down the the brightness of its glow and it like settles at like this just this soft damp light are we having a moment i just (laughs) stare at this thing making sure that it's not gonna fight me and that i mean it seems like it lowered its glow so that we could interface somehow yeah i take a step forward like cautiously it steps towards you and uh it just kind of like it very very slowly but very uh purposefully like it doesn't look like it's being cautious it's just kind of like taking its time it approaches you and it's like standing right in front of you you can see this strange celestial intelligence behind its eyes oh sick and thalias you have met your bonded mount yes 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 oh my god really and it's an elk your mount is an elk are you canadian i will name it Elksy. <laughs> Elksy seems pleased with its name. Dude, that's so, sick. So I knew I was getting an elk, but I didn't know he would be some celestial light man that I find now. This is sweet. What do I do with it? Oh my goodness. Well, you I, ride it. Can I spend. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> will I it let me ride it? Like to now? The beast? Yeah, Thalias, you can kind of just spend the rest of your, uh, rest of your watch bonding with this thing uh like you you have this like this strange innate sense that it it has this connection with you and it belongs with me we are one yeah it's it's unlike anything you've ever felt it's like finding uh finding out that you've got like a brother or something you know it's like oh shit brother (laughs) share all these things in common you're an elk i'm a human it was meant to be yeah pretty much Uh, freaking awesome and uh yeah, I mean, it, maybe uh, Thalias has that thought like before he like goes to bed. He's like, "Oh, geez, everyone's gonna be this. You're gonna scare the shit out of everybody when they wake up." And uh, I'll have to hide him under some leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of like Elksy kind of seems to understand. Like Elksy seems incredibly intelligent for an animal to the point where you can just talk and it understands you. Ugh. Oh shit, dude, that's to so the- such a relief because you know. I feel like if it was dumb, I'd have, you know, I'd have a really tough time taking care of it. But now it's like, you know, it's on its, it's like an ally that yeah. understands. That's awesome. So when, when you're like, man, everybody's going to be super spooked by you when they wake up, uh, it just kind of like, it like turns its head and uh, it just kind of pads its, its way into the woods and you get the impression that it's just going to hang out until everybody's awake and it can introduce itself. All right, sick. Uh, I'm a little worried that it's not going to come back, but it seems like we got a connection going, and yeah, I I love that. I'm going to go wake up uh, the next shift person. Yeah, so I uh, I come back to the camp here and uh, shake Uhtred awake, and I say, uh, Uhtred, Uhtred, wake up. Uh, Is it it my watch already? Yeah, and uh, something awesome happened, but I'll tell you about it later. Then, uh, yeah, I just kind of, like, get up, I rub my eyes, and say, All right, <sighs> get some more sleep, Elias. It's hey, hey, morning. listen, though. Listen. Yeah, yeah. If you see a glowing elk, it's mine. What? <laughs> Don't fight it. It's the good guy. <laughs> you I, I'll tell you about it later. Yeah, it's glowing what elk. It's amazing. Do just mean? don't kill any elk tonight. <laughs> I'm not sure I can promise that, Elias. Did you forget the elk attacked us the other day? 
No, 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 this one's different. It's shiny and nice and magical. Where is it? I don't see a glowing elk. It had to run some errands. It'll be back in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to roll a sense motive on Elias to see if anything he's saying seems real. <laughs> if he lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is he delirious right now? Like, he was on that watch by himself. Uh, I rolled a six. Who knows? <laughs> well, stay I'm, tuned. I'm, I'm definitely, Uchid's definitely leaning more towards Elias is either playing a prank on him or, I don't know, maybe it's just everything's starting to catch up to him a little bit. Okay, okay, listen. If you see any elk, yeah, yeah. come get me Delias. first. Elk, elk, okay, sure, I'll come get you. Okay. Just go, go to sleep. I think you, you really could use some. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to get any sleep, though, with how excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uchid is just like, all right, now I'm going to kill anything that comes at me in the night. What? <laughs> I lay down, put my blanket up above my shoulders, and I just, eyes wide open, just, <laughs> can't wait till tomorrow. Just like feet kicking absentmindedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Uchid, why don't you give me a perception check for your watch? 16. We all had good perceptions. Yeah. All right. Uh. I'd like to roll a knowledge on the fruit that's hanging off the trees during my watch. Uh, sure. Give me a knowledge nature check. 20. Uh, these are no fruit that you've ever seen. Really? Uh, spellcraft? And by spellcraft, I meant uh, detect magic. They're not emitting a magical aura. Damn, and I can't identify them with a 20? You're not sure. Like, it, it's possible that they have some sort of origin with magic, but they're not uh, inherently magical themselves. Yeah. Like they're not being sustained by magic, but maybe they were created by magic and you know, that's why they don't have a lingering aura and that's why you don't recognize them. But well, that's all. Uhtred. I was going to try and figure out if we could eat them, but he doesn't have a goddamn clue. Apparently what they are. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, so Uhtred, uh, he finishes his watch and it starts to, uh, starts to drizzle slightly as the sun comes up. You can start waking people up for the day next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Uh-oh. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.